Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the ninth 504 Core Podcast. Michael, ooh-wee, it's been an interesting week so far in the NBA. A lot of rumors floating around there. I know you want to get us started. What have you been hearing and what do you want to happen? Dude, I mean, every day is a whirlwind with the Zion news, um, Pelicans news. I mean, one day it's he doesn't have a relationship. The next day they're saying... Not you know they want to. Yeah. yeah, they're not going to trade them. And then you know it's just Mariah Mills' Twitter yeah. just got canceled. And yeah. um, you know it's just it's it seems like every hour it's, it's just changing. I mean I just find myself you know looking on Twitter and looking at Bleacher Report every every hour just to see what the latest news is. So um, I mean everyone's saying you know the Pelicans haven't offered the Pelicans haven't offered. That doesn't mean we're going to trade them. That doesn't mean we're going to trade them. It's like. It's like yeah, no one, no one's offering trades right now. Like no trades are being done. So yeah, um, I, you know, I think the Griffin tends to wait. We said this last week. Griffin tends to wait to the last second to, to make trades. And I think you know if it were going to happen, he's going to do it again. So, um, yeah, I, I really don't know, but we're going to find out. But yeah, it's just been a, it's just been an up and down roller coaster, and it's um, it's just it's <laughs> I'm here for the ride. So, uh, they they just had a report. Uh, Woj said it earlier today that. The Hornets brought back Scoot and um, Brandon Miller, and they're zeroing in on Brandon Miller. So uh, I know Vegas, it's hard to count out on Vegas, but Vegas has Scoot minus 250. So we're going to see what happens there. Um, I trust Woj. Woj is very rarely wrong. Very, very rarely. He's very, very careful what he says. You're right. And with all this news, one of the most interesting thing is the Dame Dollar news, right? He wants to stay in Portland and he doesn't want to make a young movement, a youth movement, so to speak. So with Dame, I'm sitting here, man. I'm like, Portland's going to trade three. They're going to totally trade three. They don't want Scoot. It's an opportunity for the Pelicans. But the, the Zion thing, it seems like the Pelicans aren't willing to trade Zion now, man. I, I really don't think they are. So that, that leaves the question of Brandon Ingram. And I'm going to be honest with you, Mike. I'm not trading Brandon Ingram for a rookie scoot. B.I. Yeah. averages 25, 5, and 5, and is a big part the reason why your culture is your culture. Um, Still 25, too. He's younger yeah. than us. It's yeah, crazy. you're right. So maybe what, what other options does that give you for three? I mean, you, you know, you, you could – as long as it's not Trey Murphy, I mean, you know, then you, then you just cut into the second tier of the roster. You could look at McCollum. You could look at Murphy. You could look at Dyson Daniels. You could look at, I mean, then you just got like fillers after that with Najee Marshall, uh, mm-hmm. Alvarado, but you don't want to trade Alvarado. He's got those guys, those guys, those second round guys and, you know, two way players are so valuable in the NBA uh, at this moment. So I don't, those are the guys you don't really want to touch, but um yeah, I mean, it just depends what they're willing to do on that. Um, I don't know. I still, I still think Zion isn't. They, they say they don't want to trade him, but you know, I, th- I feel like the Pelicans will will make a call just for shits and gigs, just to see what what they're willing to give up. So uh-huh. I think it'd be irresponsible not to make a call um, to three, especially if he falls to three and you have serious interest. But I mean, you also have a you also have a war chest of picks, so. You have a lot of options. I mean, you could throw. I mean, I was thinking about today. You could throw fourteen. You could throw the Bucks, twenty-seven. You could throw Lakers, twenty-four. You could throw 
I mean, you have all of your first round picks moving forward. I mean, there's so many different variations you can do that. And we said it last week, there's just, it's just exciting. And it's just kind of endless. Like the amount of trades I've seen for everything. So um, like I, I predicted earlier, I think, a, I think a three team trade will be done. Um, I don't, for who I, I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. um, I don't know. It, it, it really does come down on the second pick and Dame Lillard. So that, that pretty much determines it all, but yeah, I'm really not too sure um, what Charlotte has in, in mind. So, um, I, I, yeah, what you think? If you would have asked me last week, I, I would have said I think a trade is happening right now. I think they don't make a trade. I don't. And then at 14, who do you get? I have two options. I like. I like Nick Smith. He's a big guard. He's a six-five guard from Arkansas. Um, and I also like Chris Murray. We know what his brother just did in the NBA. He broke a three-point rookie record for the Sacramento Kings. He's a six-nine power forward that can shoot, stretch the uh, stretch the floor. He's really good offensively. He's his twin brother, right? This guy is going to be a solid NBA player, and you, you need another a big. You can always use another big, especially a big Mike that can shoot. Um, as terms of Nick Smith, he's an athletic guy. I just like his height, you know, his speed. I feel like he's got a high potential. You know, he's obviously only one year at Arkansas, but I like Chris Murray and Nick Smith. Also, Grady Dick. Grady Dick will be a good role player, but I feel like we got too many wings. We either need a guard or a big. Yeah. No, I'm. I think I think Murray will be a little bit of a reach at a uh, fourteen. Don't you? Uh, well, they have him like the 18, 19, 20 range, right? But mm-hmm. who cares? Mike, who yeah. cares? I mean, if you value like, a guy, who yeah. who really gives a shit? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, you know I'm how really, many guys really, people yeah. say they reach and they turn out to be really good picks? No, it happens in every sports draft no matter what it is. So, yeah, I mean, I you know, I think he's one of the safer high floors, limited ceiling, but he's one of the safer role players you could grab. So, I think I'm he's going to be a good NBA player. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad if they did it. I think he'd be a solid role player for the team. Um, I asked asked Zach this earlier. I I said, Nick Smith, Keontae George, Kaysen Wallace, and Jordan Hawkins. Who are you picking? If they're all there at 14 and the Pelicans are going to pick a guard, who would you want and why? So it um, sounds like you want Nick Smith. Yeah, I like Nick Smith. Um, Jordan Hawkins is really good. He's that two two guard spot. Just won a national championship. Um, George, uh, I like Nick Smith and Hawkins better than George. I, I would lean either Jordan Hawkins or Nick Smith. Wait, what's your prediction? They do at fourteen. I'm gonna go Chris Murray. You think they're gonna take Chris Murray at fourteen? Yep, I okay. That's just a feeling because they like they've been drafting more mature players a little bit. Mm-hmm. With, with um, Trey Murphy was a three year guy. Um, Dyson Daniels played in the G League. He had a lot of experience. I know he was nineteen years old, but he still had a lot of some experience. And then Herb Jones. I think they go with somebody who can come in and contribute because this roster has got to win this year. It's winter now. I mean, it's like they got to do something this season. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like they're they're so close to just the tax line, paying yeah. everyone, 
Uh, I mean, just just the whole you know vibe of the team. Like you have to you have to win. Like you can't you can't be a number one seed for the first third of the season and then just crumble to losing your first play play in game, not even playoff game. So yeah, you have to you have this is a statement year. There's no doubt about it. So um yeah, I mean they're just that's what I'm saying. Like if they did blow it up just a, not even blow it up, but just trade Zion, like you avoid paying a guy that that money the next five years and then you have a, All right. a just a workaholic well, point guard come you're, in. So you're right. All right. So to just play the other side here, Mike. Just to play no, the there's other so many side. ways you can play the side. All yeah. Right. So let, let me throw this out at you. We all know Zion has played one-third of his games. Biggest disappointment. But if you look at teams that have been really good consistently, they all have a one-out-of-one guy. Steph Curry with the Warriors, no other player in this league history has played like Steph Curry. That good. He changed the game of basketball, right? He uh, evolutionized the game. There's a lot of guys that try to emulate Steph Curry, but aren't Steph Curry. He changed the way they play for years. Everybody tries to spread the floor, shoot a lot of threes. Jokic kind of did the same thing this year with bigs that can pass the ball. Do you feel like, like, I really feel like Zion is that guy when he's on the floor. He's one of one. He's a bowling ball. There's nobody quite like Zion. And once you have that dude, Dude, I, like I'm being honest, it, it makes me feel kind of sick that, that like he's only played one third of his games because of how good he is. But he like with him, theoretically, you can win a championship because he is that I mean, guy. Yeah, that's that's the, that, yeah, that's the thing. It's just is he gonna play? I mean, is he or is he just gonna keep the trends that he's always had throughout his whole entire career? So that's what you just gotta ask yourself, and that's why you know I hear arguments on both sides the entire time. So it's um it's not an easy decision to part ways with a guy like that. But I mean, I was telling my dad this, like think about when the Pelicans were in the play in and playoffs the past two season, what was the, what was the damn narrative the entire time? Where is Zion? Where is Zion? Where is Zion? Where is Zion? I hear that every single, every single time, 24 seven, no matter what the Pelicans did, they could win by 20. Like it, it wouldn't matter. Where is Zion? Is he coming back? Then you see him pregame, you know, 90 minutes before the tip off doing 360 dunks and, you know, doing these crazy workouts. And then he goes in the media saying, Oh, I don't feel like Zion. Like, like what the hell does that mean? Like at some point you have to hit a point as like a player and just as a team, just to let this guy like do his thing. So it's just, it's just, it's just wearing on me. I mean, he tries to stay low key and yet he's always in the news and it's just like, okay, you know, um, is he going to continue the trend of not taking care of himself and all this other stuff like reports do or reports say, which you can obviously see just through his, you know, just the way he looks at certain times. So um, it's just, it's just, it's just a conundrum. I mean, you have some people on the other side, you know, other people on the other side. So, I mean, the Pelicans know best. They're the ones that deal with him 24 seven. So whatever the, whatever direction they do decide to go, I, you know, I trust them. Griffin's no idiot. So he's the, greatest wordsmith in the history of mankind so yeah he is he's a politician yeah no he really should be a politician but um yeah i mean it's just interesting to just think about all the options they have um but it's just it's just frustrating as a pelicans fan is i just feel like this team's cursed what's up no you're right you're right it does feel like that all right the only way i would trade zion thinking about it is if you know there's an injury where he cannot play like 
like that injury is just going to keep happening and he's just going to keep getting hurt. If you know that lingering thing. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, you would, you would think like other teams would ask themselves, why are they giving up this generational guy, 23 years old, 22, whatever he is, you know, like, why are they doing that? So, yeah. You know, other teams are going to run their medicals. They're going to do all that stuff as well. So it's, it's not an easy, it's not an easy decision either way. I mean, if you're, you're really rolling the dice on this guy, if he, if you decide to keep him, and you're rolling the dice to, you know, to trade him. So I think there's really no wrong. An- well, there's obviously a right and wrong answer, but like at this present time, like you're going to piss off half the people and you're going to make the other half really happy. So it just depends on your outlook on the dude and the, just the team's construction as a whole. So, but I mean, if you could, if you could flip him for like a, a Scoot Henderson and like a Simons and then like a pick or two, like for the future, like just package some of that stuff and then just ship those guys off for somebody else and keep Scoot. Like you, you have endless options, endless trade pieces that you could maneuver, maneuver and tool this roster around. So um, it, it's just exciting. It's just, they just have a lot of options and it's just crazy to see uh, what, what it's really turned into from just the promise of his career to, to where it is. It's now. sad, so, dude. Oh, it's it's sad. Remember how happy we were in 2019 when we drafted him? Like it's it's franchise changing, and it's just been ultra disappointing. Yeah, ultra but, disappointing. What, like, what he had a torn knee, and then he blew up to like 315 pounds, and then um, you know he just he just can't stay healthy, man. Um, it's just it's just frustrating. I, I just remember like him getting hurt in summer league, and we're just like shit. Okay, like whatever. And then you just rem- I was telling yeah. my brother I was telling my brother this like remember Nikhil Alexander Walker averaging like thirty. And, like, oh, we loved him, bro. We Jackson thought Hayes. like that, yeah, that was we, Trey Murphy before Trey Murphy on who we yeah. thought was going to be really good. Yeah, we were just like, oh, we got a steal. And then Jackson Hayes is postering everyone and looking like a steal as well. We're like, oh, we got the th- we got their future big three, and it's like. One guy, or one guy's not on the roster, and the other guy's not about to be on the roster, and the other guy's, you know, get, wanting to get generational Dude. guy about to get traded. So it's just like, it's like Jesus, it's like, it's just no winning here. So it's just, it's just tough being a, a fan of this franchise. It's, it's just, sick. it's just a never-ending cycle of, um, you know, just BS. So you want to talk about something more positive? <clears throat> let's, let's hear it. So you want to talk about LSU baseball? Yeah, I mean, we're shooting this. Nate at, uh, Ackenhausen, man. Yeah, Nate Ackenhausen. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say we're shooting this on uh, June twentieth. They just at eleven p.m. They they just won. Uh, what would that be considered? Uh, so. That was a um, elimination game. Now they're heading to the College World Series semifinals, dude. Mike Nate Ackenhausen's longest outing this year was under four innings. Under four innings. He hasn't started a game since junior college of last year, where he played for. It was like East Oklahoma State Junior College. What he just did, pitching six innings, an elimination game against a SEC rival in Tennessee, and not giving up any runs with four hits, is incredible. He pitched the game of his life. That was huge for LSU. Like That might change a lot of things because you only pitch Nate and Riley Cooper and you save a lot of guys. That's big for tomorrow. Who's who's starting tomorrow? Herring, Coleman. Who's starting, or is it just going to be like a just an onslaught of different guys? Man, dude, um, it's been four days since Paul Skeens has pitched. No, they they got to save one more game or one more day. I was telling I was yeah, telling my dad that's this, not but... guaranteed, dude. 
It's not guaranteed. They might not. They might pitch Paul tomorrow. You think? If they don't pitch Paul, I think it's going to be Coleman. I think they'll go Coleman, uh, Griffin Herring, Gavin Guidry. Cooper could probably go a couple innings again. He only pitched, what, three? Well, Hurd. I'll go Hurd before Cooper. Um, As long as Christian Little doesn't get on the mound, I don't care. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was just – it was incredible. I mean, they just – the entire time, the the fucking – guys on the on the air were pissing me off They're like oh you should pull him you should pull him it's like he's like the fifth inning i'm like i'm like dude like he was still pitching well They're like oh he hasn't pitched this well or pitched this well all year and gone this long i'm like i'm like who cares like the dude's still striking guys out and he one of the guys had a hit and they're like oh you should pull him it's like like ride the hot hand dude you got you got no other pitchers like to to put in there except cooper and gidry and they Whatever, but yeah, no, he had a, he had a great game. I thought I thought he pitched very well, um, about as good as you can. Ask I, like, for, but I, so. you see, I thought they rode the hot hand today. No, yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you had to ride the hot hand. The guys just kept saying pull and pull and like, yeah, I'm, I agree. I, guess, I, I didn't I understand what they Johnson. were saying. Yeah, I yeah. agree with Jay Johnson was saying. I think Tennessee pulled guys way too quickly. Yeah, when he pulled that one dude like like five pitches in, and then he puts that dude with the long the long hair, and that guy just gives up a bunch of runs almost immediately. So it's just like okay, so no, I mean LSU has a conundrum with this. So it's just like do you pitch Skeens, and then you know, I mean, I was, like I said, I was telling my dad this with Skeens, like you have like a short window on him. So if he pitches tomorrow, that would be Wednesday, and then the it, let's say hypothetically they'd be Wake Forest twice then would it be good for a turnaround on Saturday? Because that's when the championship game is, right? Yeah, it is. Saturday starts the championship. So do you pitch, do you pitch skeins tomorrow? And then hopefully you win Wednesday, and then you just ride it out with, uh, I mean, who who would even pitch Thursday? Would it be Floyd, or you save Floyd for game one potentially? Um, no, I, I would use, so I would pitch. So what I would do tomorrow, now thinking about it, I mean, I might start Skeens because it's not guaranteed on Thursday. But if you don't start Skeens, you go Coleman, um, you go Coleman, Gidry, Hurd, and then Griffin Herring, right? And then you go Paul Skeens Thursday. Then you go Floyd on um, Saturday. Saturday. And then you got what? Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You, you would save Skeens for Monday, <laughs> four day rest. And then you, you would say uh, on Sunday you would pitch, um, you would pitch. Uh, uh, that you heard. Dude, they got a, they got a uphill battle. Yeah. Um, here, they, it's not going to be not an easy road, but they got a lot of games to win. You know, the bats have to step it up. I mean, Jordan Thompson, like, what are you doing, dog? Like, oh for five, you massive error like you have to play better tommy white you got to play better like you know um yeah it's just tough but all right we're gonna wrap this up early Corey's got to go um yeah anything else you want to plug real quick Corey? no go tigers keep rolling there's a big one tonight all right go tigers well hopefully hopefully they win and uh we'll see you guys next week go pals go tigers and uh please like and subscribe all right guys bye